It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Joe Burrow has eight games left in his rookie season, and he has exceeded expectations thus far. And you're not going to want to miss it as he competes for that Rookie of the Year award. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through those game days and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, along with my co-host, James Rapine. Today, James, it is officially the midseason mark. The Bengals held a practice on Wednesday and are officially on their bye week. They're eight games into the season, which, man, two years in a row, really good bye weeks for the Bengals in terms of cutting the schedule in half. And as you do at midseason, we reflect. On the first half of the season, we're going to start with Joe Burrow and just how we rate him and his performance on a scale of, say, 1 to 10 or 1 to 100 or however we want to do it. He's going to obviously come out very high. And then we're going to reflect and give some midseason awards. Who's the midseason rookie of the year? We might be spoiling that in the first segment of the show. So, James, let's get started with talking Joe Burrow and his NFL debut through eight weeks. The Cincinnati Bengals have a rookie quarterback that goes by the name of Joe Burrow. He didn't get a preseason. He hardly got an offseason at all. And he's playing very good football for the Cincinnati Bengals. But just how good? And how good compared to our expectations? This is your Locked On Bengals lead story. I'm Jake Lisko along with James Rapine. James, as the Bengals head into their bye week after their practice on Wednesday, we're going to take an opportunity here to start the show with, instead of news, as we normally do, since it will be slow for Bengals news for the foreseeable future until they get back on a practice schedule for week 10, we're going to editorialize. On a scale of 1 to 10 or 1 to 100 or whatever your preferred scale is, how would you evaluate Joe Burrow's performance compared to your expectations for Joe Burrow coming into his rookie season? Well, he certainly had, or I certainly had high expectations for him, right? I, I picked them to win week one. Uh, I thought that they, they could be competitive in most of the games that they've been competitive in, but I don't know how you don't give Burrow in a lot of this has to do with context 
but a nine or a 10. And we'll see what your grade is, but I'll do the one to 10 scale. I'm in the nine to 10 range. And, and here's why the off season matters. Those reps mattered and he didn't get any of them. He didn't meet AJ green or T Higgins or any of these guys in person until right before training camp and Higgins case, or once training camp started in green's case, and we could go on and on and on that, that part matters. No preseason games. That's huge. This isn't, uh, you know, something that we're just making up or talking about. Like, that matters a ton. And the fact that he was able to, on the fly, get used to these guys, get named captain, uh, really establish himself in training camp as a leader. And then all of the things that we saw at LSU, he's flashed. In the past three weeks, he hasn't only flashed, he's been that player. And I couldn't help but imagine how much quicker he would have became that or, uh, you know, evolved and we would have seen this level of play not only from him but the offense if there were OTAs, if there were uh, mini camps in a traditional offseason, if there were a preseason. So considering that and let's talk about the other things that he's dealing with, taking the reins of a 2-14 and football team uh, with high expectations, an unproven head coach, a lot of missing pieces on offense and i get it they have a a bunch of stud wide receivers but he is throwing to a rookie he's throwing to a a slot receiver in tyler boyd and he doesn't have anyone that consistently that can consistently stretch the field that part matters and i haven't gotten to the offensive line yet which is obviously the biggest weakness arguably on the team and certainly on offense so i know this was a long-winded answer jake but to me it's a nine or a 10 for bro. And that doesn't mean he's flawless. Of course there are flaws and there are mistakes that he's made, but he's played really, really well, appears to be ascending. And he's doing that in spite of all the things I mentioned. Yeah. I think that compared to a normal rookie quarterback in a normal year, a nine or a 10 is a very fair rating or grade to give to Joe Burrow. I think he's having an excellent rookie season. Compared to my expectations for Burrow, I think I'm a little bit lower. He still exceeded my expectations. If he if he just met my expectations, it would be a 5 out of 10. That's the way my grading scale works. So for me, I'm putting him at an 8 out of 10. He's solidly exceeded my expectations, but he hasn't blown me away necessarily because I, like you, had high expectations for him coming into the season. So it's hard to blow away high expectations, right? And so the things that I want to see Joe Burrow improve in the second half are continuing the recent weeks of the deep ball starting to come together a little bit, continuing to show the kind of pocket management he showed against Tennessee, which I thought was fantastic and the best pocket management he's shown all year. He has been hit or miss with ball security. And this is another thing I want to see him improve in the second half of the season. He's put the ball in danger a little bit more than I thought he would. And that includes both interceptions and fumbles. And while the fumbles aren't entirely his fault, because some of those have come on brutal strip sacks that you can't entirely attribute to the quarterback's fault. Some of them have been ball security issues that he has had, and he has fumbled in four games. So some things to work on, but he has been absolutely stellar in reproducible, predictable attributes of quarterbacking in the NFL. PFF has documented these well. He's been great from a clean pocket. He's been great on throws up to a 20-yard range. And those are the things that are less volatile on a year-to-year basis. And so because of all of those things taken together, 
He's solidly exceeded my expectations, but not blown them away. And James, I want to give you an opportunity to rebut because maybe you disagree, maybe maybe you agree, I don't know. But but for everybody listening, I want to be very clear that on a on a raw scale, like if if not for my expectations, because for me the the rating is compared to expectations. My expectations were that he would be a very good quarterback right away. And he is a very good quarterback right away. And I'm saying he's even a little bit better than I expected. So when I say eight out of 10, that isn't a bad thing. That just means that like to, to get to a 10, that means that like he, he's playing at a, a 90 plus percentile quarterback in the NFL. He's playing like a top, I don't know, 10 quarterback in the NFL mostly except the Ravens game. So if he's if he's playing like a top 3 quarterback, well then yeah, now now that's a 10 out of 10 for me. That's what it takes. I totally get that. And that's fair and I I agree with you. Look, he is there are flaws. There are things in his game that he needs to improve on and he'd be the first one to tell you that. He's the guy that grinds the tape and it works his tail off each and every week to get better and improve. And that's that's just the reality of, of really any quarterback, and uh, especially a rookie. And he's he's built that way where you're going to see him improve. And I think that's the exciting thing now, right? Like we're eight games in, we kind of have an idea of of what he is, which is a really good player, right? On any given week, and most weeks so far, he's played like a top ten NFL quarterback, specifically the past three weeks. That trend should continue, and I think it's fair to expect that despite all the flaws around him or question marks around him. So just imagine the future. Just imagine how he improves in this offseason, and imagine how he improves even in the bye, in resting his body and in kind of mentally being able to recharge and refocus. I think we're going to see an even better Joe Burrow in the second half of this season, a guy that uh, is, is really dialed in. And that doesn't mean he's not going to have a bad game against Pittsburgh, let's say, or one of these elite defenses that he has coming up on the schedule. But I also think he's going to shred some of these teams and just uh, really hit his stride even more than we've seen, which it's pretty damn good what we've seen. The schedule does get easier in the second half. That bodes well for your prediction there outside of those Pittsburgh games. So that'll be really interesting to see is how he performs against Pittsburgh, how they do in try number two against Baltimore. But I agree with you 100%. I think he's getting better every week, and I am very hopeful for his future. So while Joe Burrow is obviously the offensive rookie of the year for the Bengals, we're going to hand out some awards at some other positions where maybe it'll be a little bit closer. Coming up next. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you got to break through it every day. And Built Go is the way you can do it. Built Go is easy to take wherever you go. They come in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, your backpack. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash filling. Plus, it's natural and better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And it's collagen protein is fast absorbing. So it gets into your system fast. It's easy on the stomach. And Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite you. Beta alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine. Then Built Go kicks to keep you going strong with B6, B12, vitamins 
The collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's award time on the Locked On Bengals Podcast, and it's a midseason edition. We'll, we'll do the regular season awards eight, nine weeks from now, Jake. Maybe longer than that, depending if there's an eighth playoff team. But I I won't go there right now. Won't go there right now. I'll hold these horses, Jake. Let's start with Defensive Rookie of the Year. I will ask you first, Jake. You're on the hot seat. Who is your Defensive Rookie of the Year for the Bengals halfway through the NFL season? Well, there's only a few candidates, right? There's Akeem Davis-Gaither. There's Logan Wilson. There's Khaled Kareem, who's getting a lot more playing time than I think most people thought he might as a fifth-round pick. But for me, the easy answer is Logan Wilson. He's the guy that looked readiest to play out of all these rookies. He looks like he belongs. Looks like he's going to figure it out and be a solid linebacker going forward. I think he's already the best linebacker on the team. Maybe he's not quite there mentally, but he certainly has some physical skills, and I think he will get there mentally. But for me, it's it's Logan Wilson, and it's not particularly close. Like, you could talk about Akeem Davis-Gaither and the toolkit there, but I just think he has a little bit of a longer way to go to be a complete NFL linebacker. I actually don't know if he'll ever be a a quote-unquote complete NFL linebacker more than he is a sub-package kind of backer, which is mostly how they've used him. But I think that in terms of coverage and uh, just adapting to the NFL game. There's a little bit more ways to go for Davis Gaither, and and Logan Wilson has taken some strides in that area already. I totally agree. I I don't really know if there's an argument for anyone else, and that doesn't mean that Khalid Kareem or Akeem Davis Gaither can't emerge and and push for it in the final eight games. It looks like they're going to get plenty of playing time, as they did last week. I mean, the first six rookies – all contributed for the Bengals last week and played significant snaps. But it's Logan Wilson. There's no doubt about it. He's got a couple interceptions, has flashed, had his first sack last week. It, he looks the part, right? He, he's he's doing things I was hoping to see at least at, at some point flashes from Jermaine Pratt this year. And it feels like Logan Wilson has already surpassed Pratt. And I know it's only eight games, but has already surpassed Pratt as the, the best young linebacker on this team. So I think without a doubt, it's Wilson. You know, it's interesting. If you were to ask PFF who the Bengals defensive rookie of the year is, they would actually say it's Khaled Kareem. By just raw grade, Khaled Kareem had a 58.2 compared to Logan Wilson's 51.8. I just thought that was an interesting note. And they've honestly played pretty close snap counts. Khaled Kareem just uh, 33 less snaps this year than Logan Wilson. That's interesting. I I, I do think it's weird with PFF and Obviously, there, there's different things, but a, most rookie linebackers, yeah, in general, grade low. Oh yeah, linebackers generally this year for PFF have graded very, very low. Linebackers as a position tend to grade lower in overall grade than edge players. That's just 
the nature of their system, I think. So that does make sense. I think they're, you know, I think that I would rather have Logan Wilson than Cali Kareem in terms of what they add to a football team. But that is promising that Cali Kareem is at least showing something for a fifth round pick. He's at least showing that, hey, yeah, he belongs. He's an NFL backup or maybe a fringe starter kind of thing. So that's just something that's worth mentioning, I think, as an honorable mention or a, or a PFF mention anyway. So that's defensive rookie of the year. James, let's go on to... Well, I think for both of us, this is a two-part award. And let's stay on the defensive side of the ball with defensive player of the first half of the year and the most improved defensive player of the year. And I think that this one's obvious, but as you put me on the spot, let's just put you on the spot because I I know what your answer is anyway. Mike Daniels. Of course. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Did you believe me even for a half second? No. I mean, this is this is clear. This is obvious. And I think both of us called it. I'd have to go back. But I'm going to pat our both of us on the back, even though you're in Canada and I'm here in Ohio. Um, we called it. That's me patting me on the back. I'll pat you on the back next time I see you, Jake. It was Jesse Bates and is Jesse Bates. He's a star. This dude is going to the Pro Bowl this year. This dude might be an all pro and he looks is just amazing. The way he flies around the field, he makes plays on the ball. The one knock on him, I guess, is his tackling. But you know what? I'm okay with that if you're gonna make some interceptions and be a difference maker in the red zone. Right? He he's done that. He did that week one and he's done that most weeks since. So Jesse Bates, star in the making. I love this kid. It, it's uh he, he's a quiet kid, quiet guy, but you know he's confident. And uh, I, I just what when you think about the future of the Bengals, this is a guy that you want around for a long time. He's eligible for an extension at the end of the year. I think this guy's going to get it. Yeah, he went from being a fantastic player as a rookie, where we all looked at him and we said, "Wow, Jesse Bates like came out of came out of Wake Forest, which is not known for his football, and comes to the NFL and just immediately sets the world on fire as a rookie. He was great as a rookie." And then last year with Lou Anaruma, we're waiting all year, man. Is Jesse Bates, was it a mirage? Is this a sophomore slump? What What's going on? Did he regress? And this year he's come out and just absolutely set the world on fire again. He's, he's much better even, I think, than the player he was as a rookie. He's been much more productive in terms of breaking up passes. Eight pass breakups, according to PFF, to go along with his two interceptions. Of course, if you extrapolate that right now, very easy. He's on pace for four picks and 16 pass breakups. And prior to this season in his career, he had six interceptions and just 10 pass breakups. So the thing that is really taking off for Jesse Bates and coverage this year is he's just getting to more passes. He's breaking up more passes. And I think I'm fairly certain that he leads the league in this category. The other thing that has taken strides for Jesse Bates this year, and I'm looking at the PFF coverage stats here, his passer rating against on targets into his coverage is down to 22.1. That's from 94.8 last year. And that's one of those stats that reflects what your eyes tell you. Because that, that he's been that. And that's... Look, we again, we predicted that he was going to have a big season. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect him to flash right away. I think of the play he made in the end zone against Hunter Henry. I'm pretty sure that he 
held them to a field goal or the Bengals held them to a field goal on that play. And that was like the first flash. How many times, how many years have Bengals fans been waiting for a safety to make a play against an opposing tight end? It feels like it's been forever and Bates has done it. He He's playing exceptionally well, uh, deserves this award. Clearly the best player on defense, most improved. Good for him. One more award, Jake, for the defensive side of the ball. Play of the year or the mid-year, so to speak. What's the defensive play that stands out to you the most over the first eight games of the season? There are a few candidates for this, and and they're mostly interceptions, but let's just go with, for me, the easiest one, the most meaningful play in the most meaningful game, and that's Jesse Bates' red zone interception that you just talked about against the Titans last week. Couldn't come up more clutch in in a more meaningful spot, I think. Than, than the Bengals did in that game. And, and Darius Phillips' pick against Odell Beckham Jr., the way he got his hands there late, that was a runner-up for me. Just a couple of really nice interceptions. Can't argue with the Jesse Bates, right? I, without that pick, I think they, they probably lose that game to Tennessee. It was that big of a momentum change, so I'll go with that one as well. Up next, we'll continue to give out awards, this time for the offensive side. We'll see if Joey B qualifies for any of them. That's next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our award show continues here on the Locked On Bengals podcast during this bye week. It's time to look at the offensive side of the ball. Jake, let's start with the most improved player on offense through the first eight games of the Bengals 2020 season. Who do you got? Oh, man. There's not a lot here to speak of, especially with the injuries, I would say. Tyler Boyd, we knew how good he was. He's still about as good. Joe Burrow wasn't on the team last year, so it can't be him. T. Higgins wasn't on the team last year, so it can't be him. Could you make an argument for Jonah Williams? He went from injured and non-participant to best offensive lineman? I don't think so. (laughs) That's a stretch. So then I guess... Coming off the best game of his career, I guess it's Bobby Hart. But you could also argue for Drew Sample. But in Bobby Hart's defense, and we've said this a few times on this podcast, he was far from the biggest problem on the Bengals offensive line for the most part in 2020. And that was especially true from week five to week seven. He definitely struggled in week one against Bosa and the Chargers. He definitely struggled against Philly, but from week five to week seven, some of the best pass blocking of Hart's career, and more importantly, perhaps, he's cut the penalties out. He was down to two penalties before he got hurt, so Bobby Hart has gotten a lot better at football this year, at least so far, and that doesn't mean that I don't want a new right tackle, James, to be honest, but credit where it's due to Bobby Hart, and then I don't know if you're going to argue for Drew Sample or not, but, but who you got? It could be sample. It could be hard. I think 
This is kind of almost a a cop-out, but I'm going to go with it anyway because we knew he was good, but he was awful last year, at least statistically, and part of that was his usage. I think I'm going to go with Gio Bernard here, Jake. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go with him because I look at last year it wasn't good. He averaged 3.2 yards a carry, didn't find the end zone on the ground or through the air, and I get it, Mixon's hurt, but Gio has four touchdowns right now. He he looks like he can be a a big part of this offense moving forward in in last year was more of a all right, block on third downs and that's it. He was on the field, but he didn't really make an impact, and I certainly think he's made an impact. And, and will continue to even when uh, a guy like Joe Mixon, who's going to get a lot of carries and be on the field a lot, comes back. So we knew he was talented, and part of it is his role. But I think through eight weeks, and specifically the past couple of weeks, Giovanni Bernard deserves consideration, and that's who I'm going to give it to. Since we're stuck on player, it, I, I won't argue with Gio Bernard. I think that we've seen him be better than he is this year in the past. But compared to last year, I, I think they're getting more out of him. But along that same thread, if we were doing like awards for the last three weeks, the most improved unit on this Bengals team might be the offensive coaching staff. And I know a lot of it is a product of the teams they've played against, but I think that they've really found a groove in terms of understanding their personnel and using them to their strengths and hiding their weaknesses. And I I think that's been a big part of why we've seen the offense look so good the last three weeks. And speaking of offense and looking good, James, who is your offensive player of the year in 2020 for the Cincinnati Bengals so far? It could certainly be Joey B, but I, I, I'm going to hold this. I, I don't need Joey B. He's already got a Heisman. I don't need him to get too many trophies too soon. So the 23-year-old, you, hold off. Well, maybe I'll nominate you for something else later in the segment. I don't really know how it isn't Tyler Boyd. If it, if it isn't Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd – leads the NFL in third down conversions He from a wide receiver. He is a safety net for Joe Burrow. The trust that you see between those two guys is insane. And I, I think he's one of the premier slot receivers in the league. And he's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, but I, I still don't think we've reached the or tapped into the, the full potential of Tyler Boyd because he has a guy like Joe Burrow with him. I think it's I think it's Boyd. I think he's a guy that just if if you're a, an opposing defense and you're trying to stop the Bengals offense, that's the guy that you need to keep an eye on. Yeah, I I think that it's really easy to make an argument for Tyler Boyd. You just think about the ridiculous catch he had where he doesn't see the ball until it's on his shoulder <sighs> last week, which everyone who watches football is talking about. The other guy that I think you could make an argument for if you're not going to give it to Joe Burrow is Jonah Williams. He's come in as, as a first-year player and has been, you know, he, he had a couple of kind of learning moments, I guess you could say, but by and large, this guy looks like the left tackle of the future. And when you go from whatever they had last year at left tackle to left tackle of the future, I think that that probably deserves some recognition. So for the sake of being different, I'll say Jonah Williams here, but but I think I was going to go with Tyler Boyd as my first choice. And one other guy I want to mention really quick who who's not here, but you know is kind of in the running for most improved or I don't know what the award would be, but guy I want to see more of is Auden Tate, especially after the block he laid on Jadavion Clowney playing tight end essentially on Giovanni Bernard's touchdown run in week eight. And maybe that's how they use Tate a little bit as – 
a, a wide receiver slash tight end where he lines up in different spots and could do that because he is such a good blocker. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing that. He's got great size and certainly willing to block. Let's continue. We're going to get to MVP in a second. Team MVP. But first, one more offensive award. Jake, what is your offensive play of the year through eight games? There's so many Joey B throws to choose from, James. But I'm not going to pick any of them. I'm going to pick a Joey B run. Week one, he audibles to the QB draw. And man, in week one, I was so hyped to see Joe Burrow pull that playoff, that QB draw touchdown run he had against the the Los Angeles Chargers. There's a couple things I love about this. One, he, he recognizes the Chargers have nobody in the middle of the field. He changes a play. And two, it works. Right, he he shows that athleticism. He's patient with his blocks, and and then he converts it into a touchdown. I mean, for for a play to to get the fan juices going after a two and fourteen season, couldn't really ask for a, a a more exciting play to start the start the year at the start of the year than that one. No doubt about it. No doubt about it that that play that that kind of was just foreshadowing what the the next seven and three quarters games were going to be like. And the fact that he was confident enough to do that, I can't argue with that one. I'm going to go with a play that happened in a loss, but I think it's the the type of play that, that shows Joey, and you're right, we can use a ton of different throws, right? Or, or heck, even a six-yard run the other day where he oh, yeah. broke 52 tackles. That was amazing. Like, I, I think about that, right? But to me, the one where he threaded the needle to Boyd, against the Browns. And I could use the other one that that kind of put the game away against the Titans on third down. But he threaded the needle to Boyd against the Browns in the end zone. And, and Boyd just scores in between like four defenders and he gets knocked back. I love that play. I don't even think that's a, a throw Andy makes or a lot of quarterbacks even make. And he made it. And I know there's concerns about his arm strength and stuff. And he's just, he's so accurate that he just doesn't care. So that's the one I'm going to go with. But Honestly, there was about three or four different plays against the Titans that I think we could use here. Yeah, there's some deep throws that he's connected on that were really nice. There's some intermediate throws, some touchdown throws. He, he's had a fantastic season, and I think no matter what, it was going to involve him. I was trying to think, is there a Joe Mixon play that could even rival? And, and there's just, there's honestly just not. Uh, but let's get to our last award here, James. The team's MVP. And uh, I, I, again, I think this one is is painfully obvious to everyone that follows the Bengals right now. How is it not Joe Burrow? <laughs> That's why I had to save Offensive Player of the Year. Spoiler alert: Joe Burrow's the Bengals' best player, and he's their MVP. And I, whew, we talked about it at the top of the show, Jake. I, I, I don't know how he's not their MVP. He's been uh, he's been so great, and I can't wait to watch him in the final eight games of the season. I look forward to the improvement. I look forward to him beating up on some of the bad defenses they're going to play, especially if they get some of these offensive linemen back healthy because they were starting to build some momentum on the offensive line. And like I said at the top of the show, and and we talked about at the top of the show, when he's in a clean pocket, he's top 10 in the NFL. He's top 10 in the NFL in most things. But if they get that offensive line continuing to go in the right direction, the strength of schedule eases up a little bit. In much of the back half that doesn't involve the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
I'm looking forward to some fireworks and seeing if he can maybe get after that rookie touchdown record after all. I certainly think he's got a shot. No doubt about it. I think they're going to score more than they did, especially in the early part of the year. And some of those runs you mentioned, like in week one, those are going to be throws in the second half. They are scoring a lot of rushing touchdowns lately. And, you know, the touchdown record aside, Joe Burrow is going to set some rookie records this season. So that'll be fun for us to watch as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. What awards would you give out? to the Cincinnati Bengals in the first half. Get at the at Lockdown Bengals account on Twitter with your answers if you disagree with anything especially. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day? Happy bye week and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.